We'll read from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 9, again, this time verse 50. We read, Salt is good, but if salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. We hear of doubts raised by the medical community about salt not being good for us. But Jesus says salt is good. We heard Friday night about it a bit, where early in Jesus' ministry, he declared in the Beatitudes, you're the salt of the earth. Luke records towards the end of Jesus' ministry the same words that Mark just articulated, which is to say, salt is good. So we have three different accounts verifying that Jesus said what he said, even though we don't need witnesses when it comes to God. He is his own witness. And I realize Lot may have had a different view of salt. But Job felt salt was good in Job 6.6. 6, we read, Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? You be the judge. Will you eat eggs without salt? How about unsalted butter on toast. You know, why bother? How about unsalted bacon? Well, why do you have bacon? Debbie and I have a favorite nighttime snack, and that is to have a handful of Nabisco mini saltine crackers. So we, we like salt. I found that salt is good in other measures too. We had raccoons uh, snooping around where we live, which is understandable because they do more than snoop around on the old campground. But I, I learned that Epsom salt is a raccoon deterrent. So is ammonia and, and cayenne pepper and a few other things, Irish spring, spring soap. So. When it comes to a deterrent for raccoons, salt is good. At least the right kind. But Jesus is not referring to diet or offering medical advice here, nor am I trying to uh, suppose that. And if your medical people tell you you eat too much salt, they're right. You eat too much salt, so eat less salt. But he's using this as a metaphor to uh, address the Christian life in general and to teach the value of the Christian experience. And the context is, in part at least, what you heard in the Scripture reading. The disciples were, they were not getting along. They were disputing amongst themselves. Perhaps there was a certain amount of envy because this was just following the um, Jesus taking three at the Mount of Transfiguration 
Uh, perhaps it's the, the result of uh, them not being able to uh, heal uh, this one who came to them, whom Jesus uh, did heal, and uh, coupled with the fact that they saw others who were casting out devils in Jesus' name, and but they didn't know who these people were, so uh, forbid them. So they, they were just... They had a bad spirit. They, they weren't uh, living that Christian experience the way God intended them to live it. So Jesus corrected them, as you heard in the reading as well. He uh, basically told them that you are acting childish rather than being childlike. So we see in the preceding verse of Mark, Mark nine forty nine. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. So salt, in this case, represents Christian correction. And it's a reference to Leviticus 2.13, which uh, where, where Moses was giving command in the first seven chapters of Leviticus uh, regarding the offerings that were be to uh, offered and the manner in which the, uh, the Israelites were to approach God through the priesthood. So we read in Leviticus 2.13, And every oblation of thy meat offering shall be, uh, shalt thou season with salt, neither shalt thou suffer the salt covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering, with all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. The salt covenant uh, refers to the covenant that God made with Abraham, which was confirmed to Isaac and to Jacob, which in part was that in the seed of Abraham should everyone be blessed. And of course that refers to Jesus. It's, it's a salt covenant in that it's an everlasting covenant. Salt preserves. Salt prevents corruption. So this covenant that God made with Abraham is referred here to as a salt covenant because it's, it's everlasting. And we thank God that we are beneficiaries of that covenant as well. But he uses the phrase salted with fire. Just as every sacrifice uh, was offered with salt uh, to God, uh, the Christian experience is that we be chastened with the, the fire of uh, purification through chastening, through discipline, uh, through persecution. Salt prevents corruption, salt preserves, so it's part of the Christian experience to be salted with fire, to go through difficult times, and to learn to appreciate the fact that God cares enough for us that he sends correction. The disciples were corrected by Jesus. If that was good for them, it's certainly good for us, and the writer of Hebrews confirmed that when he told those who, who would read or hear of that instruction that we should not despise the chasing of the Lord, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, 
and referred to the fact that parents, fathers in particular, who love their children, offer to them correction and discipline. And so it is God with us. We are children of God. And he values us, uh, us enough to correct us along the way. We want to be sensitive to that and respond appropriately to it. It's no fun for a father to uh, discipline a son or a daughter as far as that goes. But it's necessary. An undisciplined child will grow up to be an undisciplined adult. And the world is full of undisciplined adults in part because so many children grow up in homes that lack a father. And he goes on in Hebrews, No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, rather grievous. Nevertheless, he adds, afterward. It yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness to those who are exercised thereby. We like afterward. I've never met anyone who is just delighted to go through a difficult time. We look forward to afterward. Afterward will come. How soon will it come? Well, I can't tell you that. Uh, it may not come until eternity, uh, but nevertheless, we, uh, in the meantime, are developing and growing and being assaulted with fire, and that's to our benefit. <clears throat> Back to Job. I read 6.6. 6. We have uh, the next verse as well. The things that my soul refuseth to touch are as my sorrowful meat. So he spoke of eating unsavory food, not seasoned, and the fact that, and you, you, you experience this, uh, there's a lot of food that's otherwise tasteless or unpleasant if it's not uh, seasoned at all, or even unseasoned totally. But uh, the things that my soul refuseth uh, to touch are as my sorrowful meat, just like unsalted uh, food. Uh, if trials have no purpose, then they're distasteful. But if we understand that trials have a purpose, and Job came to understand that, then we realize and appreciate uh, the benefit of them. Salt represents healing, uh, wholeness, purity. Those are good uh, virtues. We see it illustrated in, uh, in Second Kings where Elisha, the prophet, was told by some of a certain city that the situation was pleasant, but the, the water is not, or basically toxic, and the ground barren as a result. So Elisha the prophet said, bring me a, a cruise, a new cruise, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he took that cruise of salt and went to the uh, stream or the spring of water and scattered the salt in the water, and the, the water was healed. It was, it was made pure. This probably would not work for you and me. It wouldn't be good for you to drink salt water. But that's not the lesson here. Uh, the, the corrupt stream, if you will, represents the sin nature, out of which, as you know from the fact that you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, flows uh, sinful thoughts, and actions. 
it's possible, remember, to be guilty of committing sin or being defiant to God without having ever acted it out. The sin occurs in the heart and in the mind before the action ever takes place. That's the corruption with which we were born. The salt represents the remedy. Remember, Jesus taught salt is good. And as this stream or this spring was made pure by the remedy offered by the prophet, uh, so it is that uh, the blood of Jesus Christ has power to cleanse uh, the corruption with which we were born. And if the source uh, of the stream is pure, what flows out of it will also be pure. So salt is good. And that miracle can only be accomplished by divine agency. We cannot will it. We cannot wish it. We cannot try, despite our best attempts, to make it right. It takes the power of the blood of Jesus to wash away sin and stain and to um, provide forgiveness for the thoughts or actions that we have carried out. But also we want the, the inward uh, moral corruption to be cleansed and that uh, too after we have been forgiven is accomplished through the blood of Jesus. So as salt represents the, the remedy for moral corruption, so uh, Christianity prevents the total degradation of society. And that's where Jesus, or, or Matthew's, lesson that he caught, captured out of all this year, the salt of, of the earth. Can you imagine, you don't have to look very far, just imagine the city of Portland with no Christianity whatsoever, no Christian influence at all. It's already carnality gone wild, but it's restrained by a Christian influence that our supposedly enlightened uh, society has basically rejected uh, for what they deem a better way. And we see where it's taking uh, society. But without uh, the Christian influence, without the Spirit of God in the world, and that day will come, he who now letteth will let, or he who now hindereth will hinder the uh, moral uh, forces of evil. They're, they are restrained, but when the, the church, the Spirit of God is uh, taken out of the world at the rapture, then it will go forth, this corruption, with, with reckless abandon. So we thank God that we can be, through our Christian testimony and influence, that seasons the world for good. Back to the text, Mark nine fifty. Salt is good. But if salt have lost his saltness, wherewith shall you uh, season it? But he goes on, have salt in yourselves. It was lacking in the disciples at this point. That's why they were arguing and bickering and disputing and uh, couldn't uh, get along. Uh, ha have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. If we're seasoned by the Spirit of God, we will have peace one with another. We thank God for the remedy. The disputing disciples could understand that 
They were not competitors. They were designed to have fellowship one with another, uh, serving God with one heart, with one mind. And Jesus continued to teach that, making them to understand as he uh, prayed for them that they should be one. As the Godhead is one, they were to be one. Colossians 4, 6 declares, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. May your speech, how often should it be with grace, seasoned with salt? Always. We're challenged. James declared that no man could tame the tongue, but God could. And that's a part of the development or the the, the salting, if you will, of our Christian character. Uh, Being reminded by the Spirit of God when we uh, fall a bit uh, short of what He intends or how He intends us to live in this Christian experience. Gracious words. Cautious conduct. Basically a tasteful approach to life. If we are going to season the, the world, flavor it in a positive manner, we, we will continue to grow and develop as a product of uh, the discipline, the chastening, the correction that the Lord offers along the way to where we are always becoming more of what God would have us to be. Have you ever seen someone sit down for a meal and reach for the salt and salt their meal before they ever taste it? Well, you probably have. But if you say anything, you better say it with grace, seasoned with salt. Um, But the Christian experience is designed to provide a more uh, tasteful experience, not only for ourselves, but for everyone around us. When a Christian shows up in a place of employment, or in a, a classroom, or in a neighborhood, the place of employment and the classroom or the neighborhood should not be the same afterward as it was beforehand. Any more than food with with seasoning is different after it's seasoned than it was before it was seasoned. Before it was seasoned, why, it's like buttering your toast with unsalted bread. But afterward, it's different. It's good. It's tasteful. It's better. The environment has totally changed. And that's our <clears throat> our calling. Whether the times are gooder or not as good, um, whatever it is, we are the salt of the earth. And in that respect, salt is good. I'm not talking about diet or health. I'm talking about the Christian experience. And we thank God that it's provided for through the Lord. And as we go 
on life's journey. May God uh, help us to be challenged, and we are challenged, to be the, the kind of Christian that impacts wherever we are for good, makes it seasoned in a positive way. And as we strive to do that, and the Lord will bless us, and he will bless all of those with whom we come in contact. May we be challenged as we go to our knees this morning, looking heaven's way, asking God to help us be all that he would have us be.